In a couple weeks, we will be doing a listener question and comment episode. So we will be taking any questions or comments from listeners and uh, either reading them or playing them on the episode and uh, answering your questions or talking about what you said. So if you do have a question or comment that you want to send to us, it can be about anything. Um, if you could keep it to like, you know, ideally 20, 30 seconds-ish would be good. You can either record it on your phone or send it in a text email that we'll read. And you could send that to evilmenpod at gmail.com. E-V-I-L-M-E-N-P-O-D at gmail.com. And I'm going to say if you could get that to us before... Mm, let's say the December 16th, that uh, that would be great. So yeah, any questions or comments, record the audio, write them down, whatever, and send it to evilmenpod at gmail.com. Welcome back to another episode of Scary, right? Yeah. Chris, are you certain you want to be scaring the audience this time of year when you should be uh, covering them and shooting them with thick jets of seasonal cheer? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is my impression of jingle bells, like actually jingling bells, made just from my mouth. Mm -hmm. Tell me if it sounds like it. Okay. Whoa, reminds me of old St. Nick up on the roof. (laughs) To me, that was um, a boy running in a snowsuit with snow pants, and that's the sound that it makes between his legs. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to say the uh, elephant in the room. We have a giant character who we've known forever sitting right within us, within our circle. Well, yeah, I guessed. We sitting have a guest. <laughs> and, yeah, <he's- laughs> and his name is what? Hilarious comedian Andrew Johnson. Thank you, elephant in the room. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, Chris. I didn't mean it as in like. <laughs> and I've been watching my figure. No, um, but you know what, Andrew? What? I was thinking this on the way. I want you. Sorry, I cut off you even saying hi. Hi. By the way, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm allowed to talk until I'm. I don't think no. I'm allowed to speak until spoken Chris to. Chris basically no. gives you permission. It's all yeah. good, and you'll yeah. you'll tell. Speak. Him. Still not sure I have it. First of all, I have a question. What is their um, theme song again? I can't quite conjure it. How does it go? I sing the word evil in the style of Bruce Dickinson, uh, lead singer of Iron Maiden. Of course. Evil. That was me singing it, but Mike does it better. For some reason, I always think, when I think of this, I think it is just a version of ELO's Evil Woman, but it's Evil Men. And so it'd be like, Evil Men. Yeah, Evil Men. ELO. That would have been a good idea, too. Yeah. Well, here, let's all do it, and then here, you guys take the, the evil, and then James and I will take the lower part. So, okay. okay. Three, two, one. Evil, evil men. Men. 
Oh, oh right, right. Sorry, no. sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. new to this. Let's this. do that again. Yeah, do okay. it again. Three, two, one. Evil <laughs> men. Now, the thing is, I'm nervous now because I hear Jeff Lynn, ELO genius, is very litigious, and we could be getting a, a cease and desist order through the mailbox. Well, he'll need to get Canadian representation, first of all, and that mm-hmm. is a huge hurdle. Uh, and so, listen, I'll believe it when I see it, but in, t- in the meantime, fair use. God, you're only a few minutes in here, Andrew. You've got me afraid of going to jail. <laughs> and you know what? I think that we just changed that just enough yes. so that it. Yeah. Was, I think it was just modulated just enough. They should change the uh, prime minister's name to Justin Nuff at this point. Am I right, guys? Yes. Oh. Uh, listen, I'm still. I'd still be face down, ass up for him any day of the week. For <laughs> really, I'm a, I'm a true. I thought you would ravage him. I no. pictured you. I mean, I always picture you ravaging yeah. him. Yeah, and you know what? You're right. You're right too. But uh, for him, for just I, because I think that's more more to impress upon the convoy heads out there. <laughs> okay, dude. Mar- Mary, fuck, kill. Uh-huh. Justin Trudeau, Barack Obama, and Macron from France. Oh yeah, easy. Uh, Mary uh, Obama, <laughs> fuck Trudeau. <laughs> More than once, and then you gotta kill Macron. Like, fuck Macron. But you'll leave an elderly, elderly widow in tears. <laughs> very old, his very old Rice. former teacher. How old, is, how old is that old French bitch? How old she's is like she? 20 years older than him, at least. <laughs> that's how they roll. That's how they roll over there. Oh, them and she their his petit dejeuners and their May Decembre <laughs> relationships. Oh my God. Imagine marrying any of your French teachers from school. I would. Oh, I would have loved to do it when not. I was 14 and she was 38. Well, <laughs> all of my French teachers, I think teaching in general attracts more women than men. But I do remember we had one male French teacher in high school whose name was Monsieur Belhumer. <laughs> As in Wait, good humor or beautiful humor? Yes. Monsieur uh. Belhumer. And uh, he, everyone just, he had no control over the class. Everyone just talked and did whatever they wanted during, whenever he was teaching. Yeah. And he had no control over anybody. Mike, I've had the same experience. All my lady, most of my lady French teachers were sort of lovely, pretty women. <laughs> and I had one male French teacher who was super weird, a super weird guy with a mullet and a mustache. <laughs> I, fr- it's because there is a touch of pink to French. <laughs> The teach the teaching of the French language it only attracts, you know, soft, <laughs> soft hands and, and softer sexes. We need to get tough guys teaching French. We yeah. do. <laughs> Is there a Don Sherry of France? You know, who wants them to be tough and a Don Sherry, <laughs> Monsieur Sherry. <laughs> Oh. Hey, I wanted to say though. Oh, here's two things I want to say. People don't realize when you play Mary Fuck Kill, fuck yeah. But Mary also means that you can fuck that person f- forever. So there's two fucks in there. Yeah, but I, yes, that's true. That's I, true. I think though that in this game, the married sex is is a bit more. You know, kind of you're you're going through the motions, but it's more companionship. Uh, you love spending time with them. Yeah. In the game, the fire in the game. Uh, in the I, game, I, I, think, I, I think the more fuck the... category is more like <laughs> oh, we're in a porno. Yeah, right. That you're too, but it. also I think the implication is then you don't need to see them again. It's somewhere between yeah. the kill mm-hmm. and the marriage. So it's sort of yeah. like a you're not killing this person, but you won't see them again. But they're they're as good as dead. 
I wish Andrew that after you after fucking them. Oh, I see. I wish that you so and Barack right Obama were producing films and TV shows and documentaries instead of him and Michelle Obama. Yeah, absolutely, it'd be interesting. I've been saying this for years, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he um, apparently he's quite impressive in person. Really? Wait, yeah, quite. And so is Trudeau. Have you seen Trudeau in person? Yes, no. I did one. Very leading man. Very leaning man. Very impressive. I think six two, six three, something. I yeah. saw him at a restaurant. This is what I wanted to say in the beginning. I said you're like, well, you're a big, you're big as a comedian, but you're also a big man. You're no, I'm not. Well, to, compared to me, I am, how tall are you? I am the shortest faggot doing comedy in the <laughs> city of Los Angeles. I'm six one. Six I one. Think is, maybe I'm six one and a half now that I really practice big, yoga. But a big tall. Maybe oh, it's because your personality is imposing as well. I am literally yeah. the shortest gay guy that I that I know doing. Con- I'm what? Everyone else is medium. I have medium a sack six, of shorter gay guys in the back of my car. <laughs> the gay well, men, not of, comedians. The gay men, uh, comedians of L.A. should form a basketball team. By the sounds of it, well, it would be a fool's errand. It would be a laughing stop. Are you kidding me? Oh my! It would be cool runnings, but of basketball <laughs> and dick sucking. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what LA gay comedians I know. Oh, MK Paulson six seven. Um Whoa. Mike Liebenson six six. Oh. Oh God, they're all Shit. these gay guys who are very, very tall. Hmm. <sighs> Maybe non-famous gay comedians. <laughs> I I <laughs> guess so. I'm like five eight, so I think of you as really big, really tall. Oh, well, teachers teachers had to but be. But also tall. your personality <laughs> is really big. So that makes I, it. I will. That makes will, you more imposing to me. That makes I you really straight. Guilty Chris, as charged. I think to the that, taller you are, the taller you are, true. the gayer you get. Yes, yeah. you know. So like, the NBA is like the gayest thing on the planet. But regarding height and and overcompensation <laughs> stuff, everyone knows Napoleonic complexes, but no one ever talks about sort of Madonna Ionic complexes. She's only five five foot. What and yeah, five feet. She can't five really feet. sing, right? Yeah, she can, but not like you know I mean? the way that her cohorts at the time. Madonna could. is yeah. five foot. She's something like five, five. She's three oh, foot two, or five <laughs> one on a good day. Get into the groove was literally about her falling into the groove of a record. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, she was actually one of the little guys in Willow. <laughs> <laughs> she was one of the Ewoks. <laughs> Very self conscious about that. She's just really? very self conscious, and there's a sort of I posturing to make up. I forgot for. you're like mega deep in the celebrity I knowledge. I've, obviously, people know. Remember like, in guys. Return of the Jedi, one of the Ewoks is singing Material Girl. <laughs> we are leaving. And also, one of the e- jub jub. Also, one of the Ewoks was having sex doggy style with Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Did Madonna? And, oh, he's in the sex book. Isn't no, that's Warren Beatty. He is. No, no, Michael. Rob Van Winkle, his Christian oh. name. Rob yeah. Van Winkle is uh, indeed in the sex book. Wow. Do you see his? For him. Do you see his piece of ice? No, no. There's no. Penis? I don't. I believe that there are some just um, not headless penises, but penises without head shown. There oh. is very famously one photo of her eating a man's ass. And I Madonna, do remember before it was popular in popular culture. Years before it was popular, and she could afford the finest meals on earth. She could. She could. Madonna she, was the first celeb to eat paleo. ass in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, 
a man's ass in yes, that book? There, there, I remember having a conversation. I remember a few years ago on Labor Day um, <laughs> when I was here, I had a bunch of Laugh Sabbathers over. James, you and Evany, I think, were in Prince Edward County um, uh, on some sort of couples weekend. But everyone else was there. And Chris, you weren't there, unfortunately. But why? we oh. were speaking about the... I, I don't know why, but you weren't. But we were talking about Madonna's sex book, and that came up. And then Tim Gilbert, <laughs> friend of the pod, just goes, we gotta get this book. And then he pulls out his phone and starts searching for it. That's basically what I said in like grade 9 or 10 or whenever it came out. It was just a very expensive, hardbound, softcore erotica book. I was not that crazy? The internet. It's like, when it well, came out, I remember seeing one, because t- it was huge news, I did see a copy, because most of them were sealed shut, and one bookstore I went to, they were like, we have one display copy you could look at, and the only image I remember... I, there was like a masquerade section where everyone's like topless wearing like masks. But the one that stuck in my mind was just her, a picture of her from the back riding a bicycle naked. You just saw her butt. And I was like, why is everyone freaking out about this book? <laughs> I just remember like, <laughs> well, it's because she was the most famous woman in the world at the time. Yeah. It would be like Taylor Swift doing it now. But yeah. Holy shit. That's Eat true, ass huh? Taylor yeah. Swift. Yeah. Have the balls to eat a man's ass at this stage of your fame. Well, it's clear that she hasn't because maybe then she could lock one of these guys down. Oh. Yeah. You know what? I'm so sick of this my like dissing your ex shit. What's wrong with her? <laughs> Every single song is like she's so jilted. I I, I am not at all a, a approximate to Swifties, so um, I'm not going to uh, to weigh in in her defense, nor in her um, offense. I don't know, but I think that it's just more symptomatic of everything being content, the new, yeah. the new sort of temper of the time. Right. I, I've recently, I don't know, I, I'd pose, posit this question to the rest of you if you've gotten in trouble for making a bit out of something that, um, <laughs> that you thought was sort of fair game and then came to find out it you wasn't. mean like Swifties will kill us? No. No, no, like I, do we, have you ever been like, hey, here's a good podcast yeah. topic. I saw my friend shit his pants and then the friend is like, Chris, what the hell? That was real life, <laughs> not podcast We use the content. raw materials of our life to create our art. <laughs> well, we've definitely like said too much about our own selves. That's true. On Once in a while I say something and then I then you know, you do the classic thing where you text Mike, Mike, could you take out that thing I said? I remember once you were like, can you take out the name of the town where my family lives? I don't want to be doxxed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure I didn't. Well, he took it out, but he still laughed at you uh, about yeah, so it on the podcast. Mike is doing this as we speak. No, Remember, I, Mike, recently I asked you to take out the bit where I talked about eating a guy's ass for a sex book. <laughs> Leave it in. But I, I, there was something recently in which I had, no, number one, as a comedian, I'm sure you can all relate to this. You'll hear, you'll hear people tell you something and they'll, they'll say, you know, this better not make it into your, your routine. And it's like, of right. course not, you boring fucking cunt. <laughs> fuck you. You're not interesting. Why the you, fuck would I talk shit. about you? But and you smash their skull in with a brick. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. This is what That's, I mean by you are goodness, imposing. Thank goodness I have d- diplomatic immunity. But yeah, Andrew would fucking... You, you look like you could beat the shit out of <laughs> any of us, insane. frankly. He's big. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had to defend myself a time or two, but... Uh, there you was ever knocked someone out. Yes, I, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I, I oh, I'm not going to get into it, but, okay, uh, sorry, but yeah. maybe off mic. But um, there was an instance in which I talked about an intimate encounter with someone, and it got back to them, and that was a big problem. And oh, I had said, I'm 
I said, you'll need to excuse me. The business that I'm in now, everything is copy, to quote the late Nora Ephron. I I was like, everything is content. Everything is through the prism, and I needed to check myself before I wrecked myself. I did need to say. And so I think that that is, though, a new mentality, a worldview. I did. Was this person also in the business? No. This is another thing. I can never picture you apologizing for anything. Oh, bitch, fuck you. I've apologized to you before. Really? Yes. I can't remember. Well, Andrew, we were talking in the car over that I've been watching Vanderpump Rules, you know? Yeah. And it's really interesting because the the show starts off and they're, all the cast members are kind of like broke L.A. actors working at this restaurant. And they have shitty apartments. And it's been on for 10 seasons. And now they're rich. They have beautiful homes. And they're all so miserable. And it's like they made this deal with the... They sold their souls for money so blatantly because all these horrible things in their lives are like content. And they bring it... You know, this is making them rich. Like, the pain they're feeling of a breakup or someone cheating on them is making them rich. But it's really interesting to watch through it, viewed through that prism, right. you know? Because, yeah, like, it is a thing now where, and podcasts are like that too, where, like, your life is the thing you're trying to sell. It's really weird. Everything is everything yeah. is copy, and you can't have it all. Yeah. You can't have it all. <laughs> what about people who make three TikTok videos a day? What's their brain like? Um, I think they either have people managing their social media or they are living in gameplay theory. Gameplay I mean, theory. Gameplay theory. So expand. that's what, that's how you would sort of explain Elon Musk along with meth and um, schizophrenia. But gameplay theory <laughs> is that you're in a simulation. A lot of these oh, yeah. guys think that they are uh. in a simulation. They are the main character. Everyone else is um, non-playable characters. NP, NPC. Yeah, NPC, yeah. NPC, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. And, um, and so just from the people that you're speaking about, and we know some um, that we can certainly name off mic, I don't know. I I, th- I know that those people do live in a very bizarre plane of reality now, and it's very poisonous. And they they view themselves as a cartoon character. And those chickens are going to come home to roost someday, and, and that's going to be in a psych ward or something. What's your I don't envision? Know. Of, oh, okay. So, there you just answered yeah. it. I understand. Well, it's true because now you can be your own. You're kind of your own TV show. You're putting out there. And you're the star of it in your mind, except you're not making any money from it yeah. and nobody cares. Uh, they, they, <laughs> the comedians specifically who can do that and and do all of that themselves, edit and, and, and manage their own social media, because a lot of us are very allergic to that. Like I know it's traumatic and it's joyless and I, every clip I post, I inch closer to absolutely quitting. Uh, <laughs> but it's because I, it just, I think that we all have trouble looking at ourselves, you know, like yeah. viewing us as like a pro- ourselves as a product. You know what? And- I've wanted to shave my mustache off for so long, but it was like so conflicting because, well, you know, there's a character <laughs> on a show that I have the mustache for, but then when that's wrapped, it's like I'm still touring as the stand-up. I'm like, this fucking look has become my brand. I can't, I can't. It's almost like it's on the posters. It's like, can I show up looking even slightly different? And then you start like worrying about yourself as this fucking product. Yeah, no, and listeners can't see this obviously, but Chris, you showed up today, freshly shaven. I did shave it for the first time in years. And some people commented on a picture of me with no mustache, like, no. <laughs> And it's like, damn, dude, this is my face, you know? You should grow just a little chin beard. Like the, or just uh, a lo- soul, long soul, soul patch. patch. Yeah. In tribute to the guy from uh, Smash Mouth. 
Who yeah, who passed away? Oh, no longer yes. with us. Steve well, Harvey. They Wasn't they had Steve? some pretty problematic political leanings towards the end. <laughs> I of heard about their that. the end of their mouth. They did That's probably Smash. how he passed away. Probably yeah, anti-vax. Yeah. But <laughs> but I'm hey, just man, saying like well, the way we have to think of ourselves as like a product is yeah. so ugly and like. I think we all kind of have a conflict. And I think that it's also a testament to like every comedian being on the spectrum because it's sort of like cannot watch self sound, listen, voice. Oh, (laughs) there's very few comedians I know who are like, Oh really nice, normal guy. (laughs) Like everyone. Yeah. They're a bit crazy. I know people who are uh, capable of having a, having a definitely. Where's, Oh, do you think that's getting the pizza? Oh, we ordered sure. pizza, listeners, just to be totally transparent. Mm. Before we started recording, Andrew, we had a discussion um, that I wanted to bring back about um, where in you know North America or Canada, where has like I guess how 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 could we put it? Where has the best and worst like getting laid? Yeah, for my time on the road, it's been London, Ontario. And That's the, the reason, worst place. No, the best. What? Because Whoa. it's a it's a city it's the, the size. It's a city of a decent for dick anyway. Okay. Uh, it's a city it's a city I think of 300,000 people. So yeah, but it's, it's super big like, enough. I don't know. Chris, well, I'm sorry. Let I'm sorry. Explain why the dick is it's, so no, big. No, I'm blown enough. away. I'm blown away. Well, I know, and so was I. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, no, God, yes, <laughs> Fairchild, yeah, fa- and the University of Western Ontario. Oh my God, every young gay guy is like, gotta go there. No, no, it's because the size of the city is about three hundred thousand, so you've got a robust community yeah. of a lot of uh, sort of people, but it's small enough that they've all been through each other, like immediately. Oh, I they've exhausted their options almost immediately. So when you're like a new shiny thing, and you have a hotel room, you are. You're, yeah, and you're downtown. It's pretty. You're, <laughs> yeah, like it's pretty. It's pretty easy at that last call. I'll say. You know what I mean? Um, but like, yeah. Also, because it's maybe a little bit more conservative. So I would think that's like, what in, blew me away first. Yeah, and foremost. And so they are just a little bit more. Uh, I guess down because it's maybe a little bit more verboten, but uh, <laughs> Ottawa was also pretty good for Dick uh, because government towns sleepy. And um, no, actually I had some of the best road sex of my life in Ottawa, really? but London, Ontario. Oh, tens across this the was, board. Was this during the convoy oh. protest? <laughs> no, it was not. This was, I what about Ottawa. right here in Toronto? What about her? But well, I can't host in Toronto, James. So. Ah, <laughs> I mean, where, and where's the worst dick cities? Or Newfoundland. Dickies? I'm sorry. <laughs> wonderful Whoa. province. Wonderful. The, oh, St. John's. My God. Oh, Ionesco. Protect that place. You know what? There is it a is song. A, it is a global treasure, <laughs> but the dick, two thumbs down. Oh. That's funny. Well, you mentioned two thumbs down and two thumbs up me because that's the only action I'm going to be. Well, wait, why is there. the why is the dick so bad in Newfoundland? It's just people are in great shape. I'm sorry. I, it's funny all you mentioned uncut. this, Andrew, because in the musical, and they're very uncut. Sorry, <laughs> in the musical, come, come away. away yes, there is a song. Familiar. It's like we've got the worst dick in Canada. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> and it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Come from away yeah. actually is named after people C-U-M. visiting, saying, yeah. "Come from yeah. away C-U-M. from me." C U M. Yeah, come yeah. from away. Come at home, then visit, because yeah. you're not going to be the worst to come in here. Canada. Yeah. 
must be a limited gene pool, a lot of Celtic Very culture. Limited. That must just destroy the limited quality. Gene, you should write a oh, well, you, you should write a is. musical called Come Away From Come Me. Come Away From Me. From Away. <laughs> I think a lot of it. Oh, what am I? I've just had an epiphany. It's because everyone has my body type there, which I find repulsive. That's why. <laughs> no. They all have nasty Irish potato. Dude, fed you know what? We're both and Irish and I've never been attracted to people with an Irish look as well. Yeah. I feel like it's like a a thing, maybe yeah. self-loathing Irishers. Well, also maybe. maybe just a natural defense against incest. <laughs> not even that. Not even the oh, yeah, angel maybe from uh, yeah, the lady from Touched by an Angel. The Irish oh, Roma lady? Downey. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> no, I'm not into the. Um, no, Oasis isn't from Ireland, are they? No, no. brothers. No, you two. You're thinking of you two? Not at all. No, yeah. Larry okay. Mullins, the Edge, the Cranberries. The Edge could not edge me. Yeah. <laughs> There's one good-looking guy in you. Bono does not give the bass me player. A boner. Yeah. Adam Clayton. Yeah, yeah. Adam Clayton. I not. He seems yeah. like he's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Short blonde hair. How about Michael athletic, Fassbender? Probably or, rides um, a motorcycle. He's not Irish. Michael Flatley. Yeah, yeah. Michael Fassbender is. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, right. a little bit of I a German background, like, but yeah, yeah, he's well. Fassbender's German. That's yeah. a last name. Yeah. Oh, but Fassbender. Also, but he's oh my but god, he he's Irish. like nine inches soft. Like he's insane. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, but is that what? good? Oh, it's a pendulous. I forget. Guy <laughs> wants to look at it. Yeah. Wait, Andrew, to look at it. Yeah. He, okay. He's shown his dick and it's really long. It's uh, there was a movie called Shame. You haven't seen Shame. He played a sex best. addict, and there's 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 this famous scene of him yeah. walking from freshly fucking Andrea Reesboro or whoever the fuck she was, uh, and he's walking from there into the bathroom to piss, and his dick is just it is swinging like a. Could pendulum. it have been a prosthetic? No. Also in Paddington, no. Too. He's he's made he's he's con- all but confirmed. Well, not all but confirmed. There was a there was a moment. Yeah, the press ago conference where- being like the rumors are true. <laughs> My deck is nine inches. <laughs> but no, I think it was that year, uh, Brad Pitt or George Clooney, one of those one of those Hollywood pranksters, got up to accept an award, and they were making a lot of like, oh, my friend Michael Fassbender here, he can go golfing. He doesn't need any clubs. He oh. said that, and Michael Fassbender was in the audience, and he just bit his knuckle, and he turned bright red. And yeah, and also, that's not cool for George Clooney that's to say. That's not cool. Because he Famous can't go prankster. on the golfing green and just hit a ball with your penis. I don't care how big it is. It's going to hurt. You're not going to well, have good You're not accuracy. going to do that on the PGA Tour. I'll no. tell you that. Or live. No. They have so rules. Don't practice with your penis because they're going to make you use clothes. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, do you think that George Clooney is gay? Oh, my God. Did you just hear we what Michael? He just went, foreskin. skin. <laughs> yeah. four skin. We should do a segment called Chris... Asks Andrew if he thinks this celebrity is gay. Sure. Because <laughs> Chris just asked, do you think George Clooney is gay? Yeah. Here's, here's what I can tell you. Everyone who's made it in Hollywood has sucked dick. Oh! What? Everyone has. Even BP? Oh, yeah. Who's BP? Even Wallace Shawn? Especially Wallace Shawn. Even my hero, BP? Brad Pitt? Yeah. He's your hero? Yeah, sometimes. Why? Because he's cool. Really? You yeah. think it's cool that... uh? He got into a fight with his uh, adopted Cambodian son <laughs> on a private jet. Did he? What did his he son do? was he like, you're be... trash. You've ruined my life. Yeah. His son said that to him? This was BP? like the big rub yeah. b- that him and Angelina ended uh, things with. Okay. But I don't think Angelina seems cool. I do. We have the same birthday. I have three okay. celebrities for the game. This. Do you think sure. this person's gay? Hugh Jackman. Everyone sucked dick, especially Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Will that Smith. De- oh, his Will wife, Smith. his beard. What? Deborah Joe Furness. Oh, come on now. And they have another mutual now. gay comedian friend uh, who I've asked this before, and they said 
Yeah, totally. But who? what do you think? Will, what do you, who do you think Who's about Will? Who's your other comedian gay friend? Brandon? <laughs> no, they're they're older than us and influential and oh, have okay, been around. Chris, God, sorry, yeah, yeah, well, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Will he, Smith, he'd have eyes all over the place. Will Smith, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you think Will that, Smith. Uh, I love that answer. Will I, Smith, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that. Well, I think that that's a marriage of convenience. I think that a lot is it's, going on with it the Pinkett seems Smith crazy. Household. That's yeah. why it's like I'm not. It's not. I'm not laughing like if glee at anything. Like it's just more like, of course, like they're insane. Okay, next one. And he acts nuts. Yeah. Anyone who puts on that like <laughs> like superhero demeanor like for their whole career, it's they're like I think they're that so anyone, afraid of something. Anyone who has gotten to a certain level in show business, specifically in LA, has done some soft sex work. <laughs> I do think so. This is great. What about Kanye? This is the dish. What's no. that what's that old Hollywood book from like Hollywood 50? Babylon? Yeah. This is Kenneth Anger? Or Andrew, you no. have to write your own well, Hollywood Babylon. Scotty and the secret uh, <laughs> see, uh, history of Hollywood. Have you read about that? Heard about that? He was this gas station attendant, yeah. attendant who yes. basically ran this high-powered yeah, brothel. Yeah, he facilitated like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But like for, for men and like women. Like Spencer and, Tracy yeah, and, and Catherine all Hepburn. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And they were a couple. Spencer Tracy and Catherine Well, Catherine they, were, they were companions. You get it. You get what I'm saying. Well, but yeah, you should write your own Hollywood Babylon. You know what? Our intro time is just about done, but we're Andrew's sticking around for a Patreon only bonus episode. That could be oh, the yeah. Hollywood gossip you know what? sex Hollywood. episode. Well, fucking name names. And another, another little carrot to dangle in front of listeners. Andrew will answer the question What do we think about Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> So don't answer it now. Don't answer it now, Andrew. Please don't. We need oh we need Sounds people to like subscribe. Oh. Everyone in Hollywood's got a little carrot to dangle in front of everyone. <laughs> well, yes. Jar Jar Dinks. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> hey everybody, before we get to our evil man, we should mention that we have a Patreon account. And you can find it on the internet at patreon.com slash evil men. Now folks. We put a lot of thought into this Patreon because uh, we're so grateful for the support. So we actually put out two bonus episodes per month only for Patreon subscribers. There will be one with our wonderful guest, Andrew Johnston. We're going to talk all sorts of gossip and get into sex stuff and and even more. And Mike, <laughs> and here's one more teaser. Mike, you have a story about going to the doctor. I have a story about going to the doctor, and it does involve two people looking at my privates before 8 a.m. Now, you're only going to hear this on patreon.com. Yeah, that's Man. right. So please check it out. We put a lot of thought into it, and uh, we're so grateful if you help us and support us. It really helps us keep doing the podcast. And don't forget, if you also join our Patreon, you get to uh, go on our Discord. So check it out. Patreon.com. Men. Beep, beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> Andrew Johnston, first of all, thank you once more for being our guest on this special thank episode. Thank you for of- having me, Michael, and that Patreon episode about Michael's private uh, doctor squeeze thing. Oh, I'm I'm burying the lead. It's about his balls uh, not to be missed. Has anyone ever told you that you look like a young Tim Curry? I've always been That's meaning the, to tell you about the this. the main celebrity I'm told I look okay. like. Okay. It's a huge compliment coming Because, yeah, Mike, thank you. Thank you. not to let the cat out of the bag, but I think you don't really like that comment, but... I agree with Andrew that it is a compliment. No, I mean, not to give too much away about the Patreon again, the bonus, but it's kind of about how Mike's balls also look like Tim Curry's balls. 
<laughs> you know, Tim Curry's cool as hell. I don't want to look like current day Tim Curry because he's had several no. strokes and I don't know if yes. he can talk right now. Yes. No, he but, cannot. Yeah. So I don't want to look like that, James. <laughs> but I do want to look like young, uh, uh, you know, fit, hale and hearty Tim Curry. Sure. Hey, it's better than people saying you look like end of days um, <laughs> Kirk Douglas. <laughs> Anyone ever tell you They're you look like... They're sort of one and the same. I've really got oh, to tell crap, you. Really? Yeah, they Curry really are. Hit hard? La- well, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. Has anyone ever told you you look like Michael Moore? I don't want to hear that one either. <laughs> oh, my God. You look like Norman Lear. I have a connector. Because that's so incredible that you brought up Tim Curry just out of thin air. But I saw some pics of you performing recently where you're fully like dressed like almost like Frankenfurter. But Michael, well, what I would love to do is I would love to take that makeup that I did and put it on one Michael Belazzo. And if I have my way, I will. I would (laughs) love to see Michael. Yeah, Mike's got to go sweet transvestite from Transylvania. Yes. All right. Maybe for Christmas. We, my family. You show up to your family Christmas lunch. <laughs> <laughs> your family's all in Christmas sweaters and ding dong. Michael arrives dressed like in a black lingerie. You know the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack is absolutely incredible. It is. It's really freaking good. Even man. though it, it features Meatloaf in the movie anyway. I know. He Hey, he could really sing. He could sing. Oh, once upon a time. Bum, and you bum, know who else could bum, sing? Bum, We're going to learn about... Bum, bum, bum. Sorry. Very shortly, we're going to learn about another man who could sing for part of his career, but he's not famous for his voice. He's the guy that you selected for this week's episode of Evil Man. Andrew, you selected a very tricky subject. Who did you choose this week? I chose Toronto's latest and greatest. Well, not greatest, but latest, certainly, serial killer. The numbers Bruce MacArthur. were great. Yes. The, oh, the, the I number. said it right when you were saying his I name. Know. Say All his right. name. <laughs> okay. Bruce MacArthur. Yes. The numbers were great. I can't believe he did all that after he was on Kids in the Hall and like did all that other stuff. No, like, James, you've got it all wrong. What? No, Bruce MacArthur. And it's like Scott Thompson, Kevin McDonald, <laughs> Bruce MacArthur. Yeah, executive producer of Tall Boys. David you know, Foley. You guys are so wrong. It's, it's making me laugh. Ha, ha, ha. But genuinely, it's heinous what he did. It's heinous what he did. And, no um, joking around. It's really ugly and so sad. So this might be a challenge because it's the details are kind of grisly. It's not a feel good story. He's not like a silly, a silly subject like we often do. But let's try and keep it as fun and entertaining, but also as respectful as possible to the victims. Sounds like a fun line to toe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and fun uh, challenge, <laughs> Andrew. Before we, challenge we begin, accepted. Because you you almost petitioned to do this uh, this as a subject. Why did you want to do Bruce? MacArthur? I thought that it would might be seasonally appropriate because uh, one of his side hustles was Mall Santa, and I just thought Whoa. it would be a sort of a. I well, like, hey, listen. What is, I'm sorry. What is the title of this podcast again? Evil men. Evil men. Well, yeah. uh, if the shoe fucking fits, right, yeah. right. And I think that the those <laughs> Santa boots, and fit. they have a little jingly bell on the, and they have a little <laughs> on the heel, <laughs> like, like one of those pom poms. It's like people say, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Bruce yeah. MacArthur yes. is a Christmas topic. In 100%. fact, he's known as one of his uh, sort of public nicknames was the Santa Claus Killer. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into. Well, it. he had a few uh, hooks. Yeah, the Santa Claus Killer, which was just, of course, ghoulish because all those photos. But then also the garden. Oh, well, right. Let's get into it, yes, Michael. Let's you've get done into a lot it. Of leads. Here, here we go. Merry Christmas, one and all. Um, it was a dark and stormy Christmas night when Bruce MacArthur was born. He is a Canadian serial killer 
who murdered eight men in Toronto, the very city that we know of, recording right now, that we know of, in the gay village between 2010 and 2017. He holds the title of being the most prolific known serial killer to have operated in Toronto, and also the oldest known serial killer in Canadian history. Huh. Oh, like... Just old. When they caught like him. Like an old man. Well, the I think that the sort of the aspect that he's referring to is... Now, again, again, I was saying this in the car up. I am no Michelle McNamara. Rest in peace. I am not a true crime nut by any means, but it's something about this this case really spoke to me. So I did do a lot of uh, extracurricular reading about this. And one of the things is serial killers, specifically male serial killers. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to leave out Eileen Warnos from the mix here, but uh, they start in their 30s almost uniformly. And he Weird. really... He he started in his 50s. There are no cold cases that they've cracked so far that they can attribute it to him. He yeah. really does appear that he started in his 50s. Which well, is it makes sense to me because in your yeah. 30s, you're bored. But in your 50s, you're really bored. I guess if you are an aspiring serial killer, I guess it's good to know it's never too late. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean... It's 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 because I'm 41 yeah. now, and I and yeah. you know you do start thinking, ah, am I too old to do this and that? Henry Miller yeah. wrote *Tropic of Cancer* when he was 40. Henry Miller yeah. was a sociopath. Ugh. Bruce MacArthur <laughs> embodies the idea that age truly is just a number. Yes. So let's let's get into <laughs> it. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so Bruce MacArthur uh, was born on October 8th, 1951, in Lindsay, Ontario, and was raised on a farm in Argyle, Ontario. So James, like you. He's a good old-fashioned country boy. That's right. Yeah, okay. Uh, his school the days... similarities don't stop there. <laughs> uh, his classmates recalled that uh, a young Bruce MacArthur uh, liked to try and be the teacher's pet, and he was known <laughs> as a tattletale. He would tell on the other boys in They in also class. recall him saying, you watch, I'm going to kill people in my 50s. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never amount to anything, Bruce. That's not true. That's not true. Give me 50 years. <laughs> um, little Bruce. Seriously, no offense. That's uh, yeah. yeah. It's heinous what he did. Uh, little Bruce was also known for winning singing contests. Uh, so picture that he's a little goody two-shoes with the voice of an angel. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's crazy. His parents uh, had sort of a... Uh, uh, not a great relationship, his mother, because they came from totally different worlds, totally different worlds. His mother was Irish Catholic, and his father was Scottish Presbyterian. So that apparently they fought a lot oh, over religious apparently issues. Apparently that was a big rub. That was yeah. a bi- The religious thing back yeah. then would have been a big rub. My mother is Protestant, and she, yeah. she said that it would have been a bigger issue to bring a Catholic back than a black guy back in the 60s. And that, of, we wow. all remember, you know. Because of sectarian 60s. religious... Yeah. Con- yeah. Um, he took his mother's side often, and uh, his father sort of uh, ab- verbally abused him. And um, Bruce MacArthur, I guess, felt that his father put him down for because his father knew he was gay at a young age. Uh, and MacArthur had trouble accepting his sexual orientation, which would have been seen as abnormal in rural Ontario at the time, according to Wikipedia. So you think <laughs> as opposed to now, present day, it's yeah. very commonplace. <laughs> so you think his heinous, disgusting murder, murdering instincts came from like uh, deep seated repression and self loathing? Well, we, well, we shall see. But we, you're burying the lead about a, a bit, but there are some, there are definitely some things that are har- going to harken back to what seemed to be childhood trauma. Crap. In a bit. Yes. Okay. So but they're they're going to make you. They will they will shock you. Go on. Okay. Damn. Despite being a young um, repressed. 
gay man, Bruce MacArthur, met and began dating the lucky Janice Campbell um, <laughs> in high school. And they both be funnier about this. Me or Mike? I think Mike is. <laughs> the lucky Janice Campbell. <laughs> Mom, guess what? I'm engaged. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'd like you to meet ding, Bruce. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce is going to design the uh, invitations. He's going to design Ooh, my dress. Christmas bells or wedding bells? I, I don't know. I just tried to do some church bells celebrating <laughs> something. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> so they both Maybe it's <laughs> Christmas. I just watched the uh, Christmas Carol recently. <laughs> Uh, so they uh, began dating. They both graduated in 1970. He graduated from a business program, and the two got married when he was age 23. Uh, and James, you recently got married, mm-hmm. so you can probably think that was probably a really happy day in, in Bruce's life, because your day was happy. Yeah, no, right. absolutely. Honestly, yeah. I will say, best day of my life, and I guess so, I'm sure it was for him, probably for him, too. If if him and Janice's wedding was anything like James's, it must have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. and people yeah. probably got pretty damn drunk and Was party. Nathan Fielder there? Yes. At, at Bruce yes. McCarthy's wedding? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the MacArthur's, um, they're married, you know, wedded bliss. Bruce began working in Toronto for the Eaton's department store in 1973. Oh, my God. I've right? been there. Top of the world. Uh, he left Eaton's in 1978 and began working as a traveling salesman for McGregor Socks. <laughs> oh, my he God. He sold socks. He was a sock salesman. Yeah. But remember that classic. What giant is he, an McGregor? Al Bundy ass motherfucker? <laughs> yes! You just, I, I'm, so, yes, that's exactly what he was. An wow. Bundy esque motherfucker. So after <laughs> McGregor Socks, it didn't last forever. He later worked for the Stanfield's Garment Company. So he's big in the clothes game. Oh, he likes things that go under men's clothes. Yes. <laughs> in 1979, the year of London Calling and XTC's Drums and Wire, and with Donna the, Summer's Bad Girls album. Bad Girls album. <laughs> Um, Bruce MacArthur and his wife moved to a city dear to my heart, Oshawa, Ontario, <laughs> where oh. I went to high school. So go generals, go! <laughs> oh my god! By 1981, they had a daughter. Does Oshawa have one high school? No, it has like a bunch of high schools. <laughs> no, it's, okay. a big, it's an yeah. urban center. Okay, yeah. sorry guys. It's a big yeah. exurb. Sorry yeah. to our Oshawa fans. Yeah, no, it's good. You you should apologize. <laughs> By 1981, the MacArthur's had yeah a daughter and a son, and. They bought a house because back then the economy was so good that even a gay guy could buy a big house for his wife and kids on a sock salesman's salary. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy shit. Mike used to write for uh, Pop Cultured, everybody. Oh, my God. R.I.P. God, that show's not getting a second season? Uh, we're still waiting to oh, hear. Gosh. Yeah. Bruce MacArthur became very active at this time in his local church, keeping himself busy to avoid, and this is according to Wikipedia, to avoid examining his homosexual feelings. And we all know the Catholic Church is the perfect place to go to avoid your homosexual feelings and yearnings. Oh my God. This is wonderful. So that was in Oshawa. He began very shortly having affairs with men. He couldn't, he couldn't deny his true self anymore, and this was in the early 1990s. Yeah. A year later, he came out to Janice, hence bad news for her, but yet they continued living together while they worked things out. Um, in 1993, though, more but bad. Worked things out as in, like, was he trying to keep it back? 
like pull it back in. I I don't know the granular details, but yeah. he at least uh, I, my experience has been that there seems to be a sort of period of well, dance with the one that brung you for a while, and it's just sort of like yeah. I guess yeah. maybe we can be companions for a while, right? Um, and you know, like oh, am I gonna get another gay husband? You know, probably not. Yeah, right, right. Then. In 1993, he lost his job at the clothing store or whatever, and uh, the com- the couple were facing financial difficulty because of their mortgage. It was and a also, bad year for clothes. Bad year for clothes. Also, their teen son Todd uh, got in trouble with the law because he was obsessively making obscene phone calls to women, and there were legal problems and legal bills and stuff. So things were getting crazy. Weird. I wonder why Todd was off. Yeah. yeah. Also. Back in the '90s, that's when you would. There literally was like the phone would ring and someone would go like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. "Yeah." Never happens now with call display. Call ID. Yeah. What was it? Well, Star sixty nine. No one picks up if you don't recognize the number. Yeah, but back in the day, man, yeah. that was a thing. So in 1997, Bruce and Janice, sadly, and so many marriages end this way, they uh, separated, and yeah. Bruce moved to the big city, Toronto. Right. He started frequenting yeah. the bars of Toronto's gay village, Church and Wellesley. And he started a uh, relationship with a man that lasted four years. Which is great. I feel good for him at this point. So why does he have to turn He's this freaking murder? Yeah. Um, and he started his, at, at this time, he started his new career as a landscaper, which will really figure in yeah. later yeah, events. I remember Very much figure in. Now. I remember. As I was reading about Bruce MacArthur, I found this out, that um, there's a documentary, there's many documentaries about him, this one called Catching a Serial Killer, Bruce MacArthur. This documentary points to a tipping point in his life at this time because MacArthur had previously lived as a straight man, having clandestine affairs, and one of his lovers outed him to Janice against Bruce's wishes, and Bruce got so upset that people speculate that this made Bruce MacArthur extremely resentful of the gay community and that may have contributed to his eventual crimes. It may but have pushed him over the edge. It's possible. Weren't, weren't they already separated? This was before they were separated. I see. This was the first time Janice had heard that I see. her husband may may have been gay. That's an interesting hypothesis. I hadn't heard about that, but it's possible. Is it enough? I know I, I know yeah. some very self-loathing gay guys, and it all stems from some little slight right. early on in their sort of gay gestation. Right. So is it enough to... to push him over the edge to do what he eventually did we we don't know anyway this is the beginning of the trouble for bruce macarthur it began in 2001 the year that uh, mr osama bin laden got his name in the headlines and bruce macarthur got his name in the headlines too this is a crazy story coming out of the blue the guy has a clean record at this point on october 31st 2001 halloween a few days after his 50th birthday macarthur in broad daylight followed a man named Mark Henderson, who was an actor and model, into Henderson's apartment building, walking behind him, and he struck him several times in the head with an iron pipe that he carried around with him. Very Clue. Very yes. the board game Clue. Speaking it was of Santa in the hallway with the pipe. Yes. Yes. The victim, Henderson, suffered injuries to his head and body. He needed stitches on the back of his head and his fingers. He, I read an interview with him where he said he was fighting for his life, and that he just saw pure animalistic hatred in Bruce MacArthur's eyes during the attack. MacArthur ran away. He turned himself into the police and told them he didn't remember the incident and couldn't think of why he might have done it. And he pleaded guilty. 
and he got three years probation, and he was banned from entering the gay village. Hmm. One year house arrest. Crazy. Wow. Here's an interesting thing. After that random out-of-the-blue attack in uh, in 2014, Bruce MacArthur successfully had that assault conviction wiped from his criminal record. which is why he was not a person of interest, which was a huge... So when he was questioned and he was looked up by the cops, this crazy violent attack didn't show up. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a good reason why they can do that, but it seems stupid. I guess because he had completed the... You know, the terms of his probation hadn't right. been gotten in trouble again. Right. And I guess after a certain number of years, you can have... This would have been but 14 years just, after it happened. Don't you think that's handy to know? Like, Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's one of yeah. those things where it's just like, the, you know, the cops are just like, oh boy, is our face red. And Yeah. <laughs> mm. just, oh. Not great, cops. <laughs> so in 2002, w- with this assault case still in the courts... Uh, Bruce MacArthur, he gets online. You know, we all did in those days. Well, I can't blame him for that. Yeah. I mean, it's everything's on there now. And He joined a bunch of gay dating websites, including some of these I haven't heard of. Recon, Silver Daddies, Grinder, of course, and one called Squirt. I'm not sure if Squirt is still around anymore. Squirt is. I think that those are that's a web-based gay hookup app. Now, Grinder would not have been in 2002. Grinder wasn't until, like, I oh. think the stroke of 2008. Emphasis on stroke. <laughs> Recon, I think, is a fetish website. So this okay. is where that plays into because Bruce MacArthur apparently gets into a sort of BDSM sort of scene at that point, which there is a bustling scene of in the gay community. It's not my thing. You know, like maybe it's <laughs> like Chris would fit in in that scene if you put a harness on him. Is someone whipping my butt? Or you're whipping someone's butt. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I do. I don't think that Bruce MacArthur would have been a whippy. I think that he would have been a whipper. Right. Um, mm. But I, that's my, my my thing with that sort of thing is I could see that being a slippery slope. You know what I mean? Well, apparently he had developed a reputation in Toronto as being into yeah rough rough sex and BDSM. He also, at this, aside from joining the dating apps, he joined Facebook where he would post uh, pictures of himself on vacation or having a, a wonderful time abroad. A lot of this, the posts had pictures of him with younger men of South Asian or Middle Eastern descent. Um, that'll come into play as we move forward as well. Now, during this time, he was a landscaper. He was killing it in the landscaping game. Uh, most of his clients were wealthy, elderly women who found him charming. And uh, he had built a client base through personal recommendations. Also, during the off-season, because you can't do landscaping in the, the darn winter, he did work at the Agincourt Mall, playing a mall Santa Claus. That's creepy. Yeah. Did he bring his pipe with him? He brought his pipe, and around this time, he joined the dating app, the dating app Santa Cream. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I hope he wasn't looking at Squirt while he was uh, on Santa's throne. Yeah, that's a, there are pictures of him, because he, he looks like Santa. He was called the Santa Claus Killer. He does just look like a, a kindly old grandpa. Damn. You know? Based on the it's photos, creepy. I would... It's not. It does, he doesn't look like someone you'd go, that guy looks sketchy. He does yeah. look like a friendly old dude. Yeah. Shit. So, the next part of our story, Project Houston. In November 2012, the Toronto Police Service launched a task force called Project Houston, looking into the disappearance of a man called Skandaraj Navaratnam, 
who went missing, and they believe he'd been murdered. This is the beginning of it, right? Yeah, it was. A man had gone missing. They the police thought he'd been murdered. There were no leads. Uh, They thought at the beginning that there was a connection between the missing man and Luca Magnata. Remember him? Oh my goodness! Yes, Luca Magnata. Oh boy! Did you see that Netflix documentary about? I didn't, but a lot of Americans did, and they asked me about that, and. All I remember, well, I remember a lot from that time. Well, here's actually, if we can just sidebar for a second, Luca Magnata, unlike Bruce MacArthur, did have um, a history in the amateur gay porn circuit of the time. And there was a website named daddymugs.com. So it was a larger man in his 50s who would take a lot of younger... What's that? (laughs) Sold mugs? No. No, 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 did not sell anything, bought a lot of uh, younger dick and for video purposes, and Luca Magnata was one of them. I and I remember doing a what is called on Torrance site dump, where you download like all the videos from it, and I can very distinctly remember seeing that one and just being like, eh, and deleting it, because it was not hot. <laughs> And listeners, you uh, didn't Andrew, see, yeah. Andrew just did the gesture of jerking off and then throwing it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Not being able to jerk off because it wasn't that interesting. <laughs> but Luke and Mick, Nutt, as far as I know, only had the one body count. Now, it was pretty grisly, but it was the poor and Asian fellow in Montreal. The- Back to Mr. Uh, MacArthur. In June 2013, Project Houston identified two other missing people. So this is three missing guys now, linked by geography and lifestyle. Their names were Abdul Basir Faizi and Majid Kahan. Like Navaratnam, both men were middle-aged immigrants of South Asian origin who disappeared from the church in Wellesley area between 2010 and 2012. We're getting a profile. It is sad, too, because they probably they're, they're, they emigrated here and they're probably from, like, am I wrong? Like a culture that... They they have the culture that we hostile to it. If not, so they have uh, homosexuality to be, being illegal outright. Yeah, yeah. So they have to. They come from, like you know, we're, like we were saying, Catholic people are just like repressed. But you're hiding it. So like he's taking advantage. He targeted. Of that. He's people, taking advantage of their shame. He's, he's taking. Yeah, uh, uh, to say they were marginalized or vulnerable is like to put it an understatement. But beyond that, their families might have had an inkling, might have not, but also maybe wouldn't have investigated this. And so, because time really is of the essence in things like this, you do need to act within a window for tracing and, you know, whatever. And so, which we'll get to in a bit, but sorry, Michael. So the police found there was a connection between MacArthur and two of the missing men. And they interviewed him and he told them that, yeah, he'd had a romantic relationship with both of them and had employed one of them. But, the police, after looking into it, found there was really nothing to connect Bruce MacArthur to their disappearances um, because his record had been cleared. So the police didn't think, hey, this might be the guy who did something violent. Right. Oh, Toronto's Pipe the guy in the head. Yes. Now, on June 26, 2017, one day after attending the Pride Toronto uh, Parade, a man named Andrew Kinsman disappeared in Toronto. And What was, year was that, I'm sorry? 2017. Okay. He disappeared. His friends thought this was weird because he was a you know active guy, always posting on social media, oh, yeah. and they contacted the police. He, the kinsman had deep roots in the community, so people were looking out for him mm-hmm. in a way that the other missing men didn't have people sort of looking out for them. And the police created a new task force called Project Prism to investigate this new disappearance and the others. After the Katy Perry album? 
Yes. The same name. <laughs> Project Prism. With hit singles Roar and Dark Horse. Yes. <laughs> oh. My daughters love Roar. I like Katy Perry. E.T. or that one? Yeah, my daughters love that song. Yeah. Also, Katy Perry's kind of hot, are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Okay. What? You don't think so? No, I don't. I think that when straight guys think that, I'm just like, you are looking at tits. You are looking at tits <laughs> well, <I can't>. exclusively. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, I you know will jig along to her music with the next gay guy. But <laughs> All right, busted. In addition to Kinsman, another man named Selim Essen had also gone missing, so Project Prism was on the lookout for any clues about all these missing people who had disappeared from the same area who mostly fit the same sort of description. There were community safety meetings held and a, uh, a safety um, hotline was set up for anyone who was too nervous to speak that to the police. That would be so freaky. And the that thing must is, have been so scary. So the police said, to allay fears in the community, they were like, there, we don't have evidence to suggest that a serial killer is on the loose. But there are obviously problems at the time and still today with the way like a gay community is policed because there are yeah. historical tensions and you know uh, mutual distrust on on both sides. There, they were like trying to grassroots um, lead the investigation or create buzz about it and inspire an investigation all the time, right? With signs everywhere, and I remember walking through. And seen the signs on like fire poles and yeah, stuff. Andrew not Kinsman poles, when he went missing, poles and stuff. there were there were I, I like I don't live anywhere near the village or well I don't live anywhere near the when village you now did, but yeah. when I did I lived at Broadview and Danforth and there, there were signs all over there. Um, no, he was quite plugged into the community. I knew people who knew him. I didn't know him myself, but it was yeah it, at the time it was very clear to the gay community that there was a serial killer. Yes, we have a mutual friend too who. Um, yeah, a guy they were like casually seen like disappeared around this time. Mm-hmm. I, I do remember uh, at that time, like on Twitter, people being like, "There's a fucking serial killer yeah. in the gay village in Toronto, and nobody's talking about it or doing anything." And it obviously was correct. Yeah. Ugh. So, guys, good news. It's There's creepy. some breakthrough evidence coming through around this time. A crucial piece of evidence emerged. So, while they were investigating, the police found that. Inside of Kinsman's apartment on his calendar, on the day he went missing, he had written the word Bruce on his calendar. And when they checked the surveillance video outside his apartment, it showed him uh, a guy who looked like him getting into a red vehicle that the police later determined was a 2004 Dodge Caravan. They looked at all the... There was like 6,000 similar models in Toronto, but only five caravans were registered to someone named Bruce. Only uh, one of those belonged to someone named Bruce MacArthur. So they were looking for this car, basically. They're like, we have information. We're looking to the guy. Warrants were put out. They started uh, bugging his phones and trying to track his internet usage. And they eventually, on October 3rd, they tracked down the Dodge Caravan to an auto parts shop in Curtis, Ontario, yes. where MacArthur had sold the car. He got rid of the car. He thought, I guess, maybe they were onto him. Yeah. Whoa. The police had it towed away and they copied a surveillance video of MacArthur visiting the shop and they found trace amounts of blood in the Dodge Caravan that was identified as belonging to Kinsman, Andrew Kinsman. Shit, man. The man with the calendar. 
Could I just interrupt you because I don't know if this is in your I think that maybe you you would have breezed past this beat, but it is crucial that Kinsman was reported missing in a timely fashion for them to get that security camera footage. Oh, yeah. Because that security camera footage is only kept for about 72 hours, I think, right? So if anything happens beyond that window and you don't report it right away, they can't do shit. Like, I just assume that that stuff all just went to a cloud somewhere. It does not. They just yeah. purge it. So right. that was right. the very crucial piece because I do. So can we also <clears throat> establish now that what we were saying about the um, the Middle Eastern men who went missing, Bruce MacArthur was probably picking on them, maybe for his sexual taste, of course, as well. But he also knew that he could maybe dispatch them. In 100%. The 100%. Way of his because of what we were saying earlier about yeah. the family shame and et cetera. But can we also suggest that maybe the police weren't investigating them as much for the same reason? 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. And Kinsman, Kinsman, my hypothesis on Kinsman, again, I am no Michelle McNamara, but I do think that that was something that went too far. I, it, I think that also there is evidence that those two had played before. I hate that we call it play, but that's what it is. It just oh, it sounds like a play date, but it's like playing, means, mm-hmm. you know, like choking. And. And oh. so it strikes me that that was a very that was, uh, was a massive oopsie. Oh, I, anyway, on Bruce MacArthur's behalf, I, I, I really I'm at a loss for for other you know lack of a better term. But yeah, but you're dead on. You're dead on. You're dead on, Chris. Sorry. And the, sadly, sad like the say. only reason he was caught and they found this calendar and the the surveillance footage is because Andrew Kinsman had a community that was looking out for him that was raising awareness and making yeah. noise whereas the first like three guys who went missing didn't have that so they yeah. just there was no one looking I out for them I also don't know what the sort of you need to be missing for a certain amount of time to actually be qualified as a missing person I don't know right. how much offhand but yeah oh really but he was he was it. he was reported missing within within a feasible enough time period that they were able to retrieve yeah. that yeah, and see the surveillance camera of him getting into Bruce MacArthur's van. So with the DNA evidence from the van, police got a general warrant for Bruce MacArthur's apartment, and they broke in and they cloned his computer's hard drive. Yes, can you imagine that? I didn't know that they could do that while you're out. Yeah. The they, cops can just come in and unbeknownst to you, copy your hard drive. They found... Ooh, girl. Hmm, they let found, me see. What's on my hard drive? Hmm, I think I'm All right. these Katy Perry pics? <laughs> of just boobs. You've cropped it to just, just her boobs. Katy Perry pops. <laughs> the one from Sesame Street. Remember she was on yes, Sesame Street and her shirt was cold. too sexy? Yeah. And Elmo and her. It had Elmo fucking, on her shirt, I yeah. think. And it was like cut low or something. Yeah. <laughs> you remember it so well. <laughs> what? No. Hey, I have a... It was a red caravan? Dodge caravan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what else is red? Santa Claus's sleigh? Yep. Oh! No, the fucking guy... Uh, he the guy bought a fucking van just like his <laughs> counterpart's vehicle. Oh. <laughs> um, you guys want to hear what they found on his... Computer hard drive? Yes. Uh, um, Starcraft? (laughs) They found recipes for eggnog! Bad dudes? (laughs) No, they found some files, some photos of post-mortem photos of his victims. Oh, fuck. 
that he thought he had deleted, but I they managed to retrieve them. So nothing truly ever is deleted. I didn't realize. I thought that they were just out, like arrayed in cataloged folders. No, apparently they were deleted they were and they deleted, retrieved them. Yeah. Ms., Ms. Maybe their folders were deleted. Bruce MacArthur, like a lot of other baby boomers, doesn't know that you need to empty the recycle bin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How do I Google my PDF? That's Bruce MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Uh, so at this point, police put round-the-clock surveillance on MacArthur. That's the one drawback to being a murderer when in your 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I can't get my printer to work. <laughs> uh, he was under round-the-clock surveillance at this point, and the police were under instructions that he should be arrested immediately if observed alone with anybody. That is so scary. So It's crunch time now. Wait, why do they... Can they just arrest him, period? I think they wanted to... They didn't want Catch to... Catch more stuff? <sighs> so, I mean, photos of the dead bodies. Yeah, you'd think, right? <laughs> Now, you I'm no cop. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I or don't also know video what... footage of him picking up the guy the last time anyone ever saw him. And the blood in the van. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you... you'd think that they would have built a case by then. That is very true. But yes, go on. Well, the way they caught him was crazy. So, right. They, they're observing him. Um, they're observing him. They saw him enter his apartment with a young man, his Thorncliffe Park apartment in Toronto on January 18th, 2018. And they're like, oh, no, he's going to kill this guy. The police stormed the building. They entered his apartment. And when they entered, they found that the man was like wearing a black bag on his head and he was handcuffed to Bruce MacArthur's bed. Now, this probably sounds upsetting, but I would just like to say to listeners, <laughs> this, this is not the most alarming outfit within the BDSM right. gay community. That it, this is garb. This is, this is you know, established garb. Tape on his yes. mouth, too, though. That still, <laughs> if you are with it with a partner yeah. who is again, this is not my scene, but I know okay, that this I know, is a let's, scene. Let's jump out of the MacArthur story for a sec and yeah. just talk about playing. Yes. Um, so let's say you're in a play position with your partner, that, uh-huh. and you're you're in fo- total agreement, and there's tape over your mouth. How does the dick get in there? <laughs> 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 oh, and what you couldn't see was just the smile. That, <laughs> just Chris knew where he was going with that. That would stress me out. Well, I don't think it goes in that hole. <laughs> okay. I, there's another one, Chris. Oh, Do you right, know where? Right. Okay, right. So <laughs> the guy in the apartment who was referred to in court as John, he fit the typical uh, description. He was newly arrived in Canada from the Middle East he was married and had not told his family that he was gay. Oh, yeah. So he was doing this, oh, this is a profile. on oh, the down yeah. low, I guess, as they say. Yes, they, yep, on the down low. It's sad, man. This stuff makes me oh, sad. Yeah. But they literally caught him. Uh, the, the, it, it, the way the story is told, they're like, we got there just before he killed a guy. Based on what he did, it seems like it was headed that direction, but it's true. It's, it doesn't he, necessarily but, but still, were a lot of God, other, there, were, there were others who lived to tell. Really, you know, yeah. there were um, now. Yeah. So he didn't kill every partner. No. Well, I, the, the thing is, with him and Andrew Kisman, they did have an ongoing. You know, there was. That's why I do think that just things went too far one night, um, and it ultimately was his ruin. The other thing is, though, 
the people who did live to tell, there was one guy who was on CTV News or something like that, perhaps talking to Lisa Laflamme before she was axed for having the gall to grow her hair out, Gray. <laughs> Still beautiful. She, absolutely. Oh, so powerful. Oh, there's a YouTube of her and Katie Couric talking, and you're just like, oh, the feminine power here, and oh, fast friends. Yes. Never faster friends, Katie Couric and Lisa Laflamme. But, but so, <laughs> truly. But Bruce MacArthur had a roommate. What? Yeah, just a whatever roommate and the roommate coming home once is what one guy thinks spared his life because he was in a kill position but also you're into that and you have a roommate like also you're in your that's weird hope he has noise canceling headphones yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just mean if you're you know santa claus has a roommate (laughs) if you're in your late 50s early 60s and being a serial killer uh Wake up call, you need to make enough money to have your own apartment. One would think. <laughs> one would think it would be pretty difficult to I hate uh, to say this, but Luke Magnata had his own apartment. Well, that is one of a few things that Luca Magnata had over Bruce MacArthur, I guess. <laughs> not that it's a contest. Oh it, that's right. It's not a contest. It's not a contest. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. The officers <laughs> in his apartment. We, we gotta we gotta laugh. To alleviate from the <laughs> darkness, the uh, the cops freed the guy who was handcuffed to the bed and wearing a black mask on his head. Uh, and then and the guy goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was just about to finish. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. like it's entirely possible that it was. Yeah, hey, we were just getting yeah. there. Um, yeah, like I wonder now, going. like if he's not killing everybody, you know what I mean? Like now, I'm wondering what triggers the ones that the moments that makes him kill. Hmm. I don't know. You would need to sign up for a visitation at uh, Toronto Detention Center across from Humboldt. I don't want. That'd be funny if you. Bruce MacArthur playing Hannibal Lecter as mind games with (laughs) me. Oh my God. To your Clarice Locks Sparling. Married father of two. You're like. Hey guys, I'm gonna I'm I'm just going out for a bit. <laughs> Your family's like, we're going. I'm just gonna go visit convicted serial killer Bruce MacArthur for a bit. No, I don't hear the lambs bleeding, Bruce. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is quite that. Is, hey, I'm writing some fiction right now in my head, about right? That, but ooh. so, um, who would play uh, Clarice though in the Bruce MacArthur Hannibal Lecter? Me? Yes. Right. Right. Do I have to grow my <laughs> or, mustache? Or Simu. Simu. <laughs> So the officers freed the man, chained to the bed, and they stole, uh, they stole, they seized uh, five cell phones, five computers, three digital cameras. The guy had five computers. Oh, he's a techie. Yeah. Bruce, get an external hard drive. You don't need five computers. Oh, he sounds um, like, um, what's that guy? That's from- another old person thing. Hey, they yeah. think they need all these computers. This is my yeah. email computer. Yeah. This is my yeah. Microsoft <laughs> Word computer. Mike, Mike. Yes. Evidence found no, in his apartment um, shortly after the arrest prompted investigators to charge him with two counts of first-degree murder in the presumed deaths of Kinsman and Essen, right? So now they've got their man. A source told CTV News that photographs of the alleged victims found on MacArthur's residence led to the charges. Uh, his computer had grisly photos of his victims kept as trophies. He, he was a trophy serial killer. And you know what these photos were staged like? Oh, God. You can, ex- you can tell the story. Is that in there? Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you? Please. Oh, God. Yeah. They were all wearing fur coats and had a cigar in their mouth. Really? Yes. After being murdered? Apparently. 
That's weird. What is that? I think, so remember when I said I think there was definitely some childhood trauma involved? It's the dude. I think he was like, had some sort of underage liaisons with a bootlegger or something like that. Like some, <laughs> or something. So right. I think that that is hearkening back to his first... Sounds uh, like the owner of a disco or something. No, no, no. Wait, where did we say he's from again? Lindsay, Lindsay Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. yeah, but in yeah. 50s, right? In the 50s or something. Mm. So it just, it strikes me that that... Have you ever seen Fatal Attraction? I have. Okay. So you say that like... Oh, I saw it recently. Yeah. That's why I said that. And, well, because Glenn Close is oft... I've read, I've seen a lot of interviews with Glenn Close. Um, just personal interest. <laughs> and, and she had said about the character of Alex Forrest, she just said, oh, I was, that character was sexually abused as a, as a oh. kid and was just constantly like chasing scenarios like that to have on her own terms. Ah. sort of thing and that's what led her to that sort of behavior and fictional character yes but she did base it on some real life profiles but that's what i that was just my sort of like little true crimey connective whatever about that when i saw that that just stood out to me that leapt out to me they were all staged with fur coats and a cigar and i'm like you know it's a specific reference creepy i'll bet you that that's well it's interesting andrew because it's not grisly or i was expecting something like almost traumatic to hear it's more it's so specific and odd that it's actually really darkly fascinating and, and yeah and you do go like what what is that i mean That's if you odd. would like yeah, that to hear almost something like illustrates grisly. a specific mental illness more so than like mutilation you see what i'm saying i, I do because the fixation of recreating a character baby is- herman <laughs> Wasn't that a <laughs> whatever? But he, I don't think he had a fur coat. But yeah, he had the cigar. Yeah, okay. He also um, would shave their heads and beards, and he would keep their hair in Ziploc bags that he stored in uh, like a storage shed in Mount Pleasant Cemetery. In oh fuck! I mean, that's not far from where we are now. Pretty close to where in we are in Mount Pleasant Cemetery, or at this other. We're bearing the lead here about the place where he. No, no, this is oh. separate. So okay. He had like a, a work shed or something. He just or oh. he hid them in. I a didn't realize you could. Uh, you could you could rent out things. Yeah, at... if you got Ziploc bags full of hair, you could just rent them out. I do. <laughs> and I'm looking for a place to keep them. All right. So let's get into the investigation. At the time of MacArthur's arrest, police believed that he was re- responsible for the deaths of other men, and were more concerned with identifying those victims. Um, it this involved coordinating. With but other were pictures of other victims that they weren't expecting on his hard drive? Uh, not that I've read here, no. I think it was just the people that they. This had is been also searching why for. it's believed that he did not. Why he started when he did, because he, he kept trophies and there was a finite amount of them, yeah. Uh-huh. Around this point, the police finally told the public that they were investigating an alleged serial killer. Um, who had been concealing evidence by burying it all across the city. Because yeah. he used right. his job as a landscaper to help hide the bodies of his victims. Now, this this will sound morbid on my part, but that was weirdly, morbidly and perversely my favorite part of the story, is that rich people would have giant flower pots in front of their home with victims' bones in the dirt. Mm. Skulls. Yeah. That's crazy. Holy shit. That, did you know that, James? I did, but I didn't know, like, I guess I didn't really think about it, like, there's skulls and bones in there. Like, ding dong, like, pizza man standing next to skulls in your planter. Yeah. 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's so scary. So the search, they searched, uh, it was like hundreds of officers were involved. This is one of the biggest cases that the Toronto Police Force had ever dealt with. And uh, 30 properties were searched and more charges were laid uh, about um, other murder cases. Hundreds of missing person cases and cold cases and sudden death cases uh, were reopened and investigated because they were like, he could have been doing this for decades. They didn't know at this point how far back it went. So the police are searching the properties of some of the clients where he did landscaping work. There's the search at a Leaside property. Leaside is like East Toronto East. It's like basically just a little north of Rosedale. Oh, so it's north of Rosedale. So it's just east. like okay. Rosedale, and then it's a little north and east of like it's basically Rosedale. It's quiet, right. nice. Like it's Davisville, a, it's really not far from. It's where a re- we are. very leafy, wealthy area. Yes. Yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely not old mansions, widows, but but yeah. well to do. Yeah. So um, and also these days, owning a house in that area. Oh. Well, You're there's a reason the money. why this property that we're this that we're about to speak about. They were like, "Oh my God, this is horrible, and we're going to need to get this property excised." But yeah. we're not selling. Like, so, yeah, no, no, right. yeah, yeah, people still live there. So the lease side, the skulls off our property, yeah. please. <laughs> now skull free. So the lease side property was uh, searched, and the adjacent ravine, aided by cadaver dogs, which I'd never yes. heard of before, and oh, members yeah. of the heavy urban search and rescue team. Cadaver dogs took a strong interest in large planter boxes on the property. And because it was winter, it's so gross. The planter boxes had, they had been frozen. So they had to get these like industrial heaters to thaw the planters so that they they could search the planters. The cadaver dogs smell the gases that corpses emit. Yeah. Oh my God. But they can't do it in cold. Yeah. Yeah. Like in frozen ground or frozen. Yeah. So on January 29th, police announced that they had found the dismembered skeletal remains of at least three people in two of the 12 large planter boxes seized from the Leaside residence. The remains um, couldn't be identified yet, but police had gathered enough evidence to charge MacArthur with three additional counts of first-degree murder in the uh, presumed deaths of Majid Cahan, a Project Houston subject, Sarush Mahmoudi, who disappeared in 2015, and Dean Lizawick, a homeless man who was never reported missing. Mm. Wow. So they're just finding in all these old ladies' <laughs> planters uh, horrific discoveries. It was a couple. Like this specific place, I don't know if these are, if this is in your notes, but this was a couple who let him store all of his, his hardware, I guess, Tools or his equipment and, yeah. in exchange for free landscaping. What they didn't know is that he was legitimately storing corpses on their property. And this is why I just said, they were like, we're going to have an excising ritual, but we're not yeah. selling. We can't sell in this, in this. No, market. no. Yeah. So Jeez. in Lee side. Yeah. So. Imagine if, imagine if he'd still been working at McGregor socks during the killings, he would have been stuffing <laughs> uh, bones in old, <laughs> uh, you know, knee high socks. And oh my God. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good point, Mike. It is, it's an important point. Yeah, there's a huge investigation. Um, Get dressed for the job that you want to bury <laughs> the bones in. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> a criminologist from Western University said that the alleged method of disposal suggested a sophisticated killer who had developed his craft. And as most serial killers began in their twenties, the crimes could go back several decades. So they all all these old cases were reopened, like six hundred murders, fifteen specifically that had happened in the gay village. As far as we know, right as time of at time of recording, 
He hasn't been linked to anymore. But also, he could have done murders that he never confessed to still, mm. or that no one's discovered. Well, then when you brought, bring up Dean Lissowick, who was an unhoused guy, there are, are, you know, we were talking about this, that unhoused people, uh, you know, disappear, quote unquote, all the time. And that was, that's, it. there's an assumption that, that he might have preyed on some more unhoused Yeah, unhoused I, I, when the story first broke, like, everyone was like, oh man, the number of victims is going to be immense. And it never got, Yeah, we never got really yeah. Yeah, closure on that fully. But also you were saying about the trophies, like maybe he started doing that when he was more confident in his craft. Or tech savvy, which he wasn't. As, right, right. As, as James has No, true. Down. Like he might have just learned, oh, I can put pictures on my hard drive. Mm. Like at that start of that. You know? That would probably that would probably coincide with digital cameras becoming somewhat affordable or at least accessible. <laughs> One of the victims in the planters, so they found eight body, like eight uh, the, the remains of eight people in planters around the city. Most of them at this Leaside residence. Sorry for you, homeowners. Um, one of the victims they found remains of was a man named Karushna Kanagaratnam, who had never been reported missing. Because he was a Tamil asylum seeker yes. who never was on a list and no one had reported him missing, which is so sad. He, it's another Shit. example of him targeting the most vulnerable person yeah, who has man. no roots, no connections, no one looking out for him. Here we are, legal proceedings. So he's arrested on March 19th, 2018. He appears in court. He's being held in segregation and under constant suicide watch. Because, you know, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. <laughs> <laughs> on January 29th, 2019, before Justice John McMahon, MacArthur pleaded guilty to each of the eight first-degree murder charges that he was facing. Now, this is very atypical for serial killers. So he's got the thing about not starting until the 50s, which yeah. is com- sort of common belief, but also serial killers never plead guilty. They've they always insanity? plead not guilty. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that that was a yeah. common... Like a Ted Bundy, not guilty, Your Honor. Well, Bruce what, MacArthur. What bodies? He, Bruce MacArthur's not your mama's typical serial killer. He's not. He's not, he's not your mother's <laughs> serial killer. So, reading from an agreed statement of fact. What do you think? Ah, getting comfortable. What do you think that means, Andrew? That he's like, yeah, atypical. I don't know. Sense. I guess a degree of self awareness. I don't. I, I guess he's. I guess he's a snowflake of, of snowflakes. <laughs> but just, that's what I. I this sounds really creepy, but like, I'm sure he's being studied right now, you know, or yeah, I'm sure that they're no. My thing is, is like, I always want to be able to find a way to understand, and then serial killers always have this blip that you can't understand. It's just a broken thing in their mind that we don't see, and we don't get to sort of like. You know, it could have been, but with him, it does seem like a regular, more of a yeah. regular guy. It maybe it's just Canadian version but of a serial killer. It could sorry, have, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh my god, maybe right. it's just well, that he's Canadian. Paul, Paul Bernardo, and Carl Homolka, or should I say, Leanne Bordelais, which is the pseudonym she goes under nowadays. Oh, living in Quebec. Uh, yeah, yeah, Holy living in the wilds shit. of Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> oh my or should i say leanne bordelaise but um 
they didn't seem particularly, you know, um, Canadian about it. Right. We no, won't do it again, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it could, you know, I've, I haven't thought about this until you just brought that up. And now I'm thinking about it. And I think that maybe there could be a degree of just a very extreme fetish. Which he did know yeah. was wrong, yeah. and that it was just it was it was like a instead of this actually being like a predator. Well, mm-hmm. no, he was, but like instead instead of but it he being has the photos. your mother's serial killer, like instead of it being yeah. a classic serial killer and being mm-hmm. driven by the same thing that serial killers are actually, it was just someone who was indulging in a very extreme fetish Maybe, that all yeah. that that, dis- that ended disastrously in at least eight cases. Can I ask one thing, Andrew? Please. So y- you were living in Toronto at this time. I sure the fuck was, and and <laughs> and so you know, I'm sure you're going out with your friends and and whatever. Like, was was there a sense of fear? Huge. It's interesting that you bring this up because this was something that I wanted to bring up at that point I want to say in 2017 2018 something like that once it became very clear that there was a serial killer uh, a group of friends uh, we would have a group message thread and we would drop um, we would and I still do this to this day I require social media profiles of any hookups like who I don't know so any hookups and and then uh, it's really funny to this day. I'll still be like, Hey, going over to this guy's place. So if anything happens to me, this is who did it. And this is where it happened. <laughs> and, yeah, and so I will always, Holy crap. yeah, yeah. And no. And so, um, I, not with that same group of friends anymore because we've all like moved on, but, um, yeah, no, I will. There's always some sort of like a check-in system. That is yeah, because of Bruce MacArthur. That because is of Bruce MacArthur. so sad to hear. And that's something I literally have never had to do myself and I, I bet you Yet. you Chris and James have also never had to think about that kind of thing well Chris and I have a lot more one night stands than you Mike so <laughs> no but you know you never <laughs> well you never... James and I always text each other when we're getting it on somewhere <laughs> Just to yeah, let each yeah. other know, but yeah. well, I hope it's not with Eileen War with the next Eileen Warnos. Oh crap! <laughs> no, I, Before, I you, you're right. I, yeah. I know on your honeymoon night you did text me and Chris <laughs> saying if anything happens to me it was Ebony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was Ebony with a candlestick. <laughs> yeah. in yeah. the billiard room. What do I do with this thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost at the end of the road here, as boys to men once prophesized. Oh, oh yeah, Holy that crap. guy with the cane. On February 8th, Justice McMahon sentenced MacArthur to life imprisonment with no parole eligibility for 25 years. McMahon described the crimes as pure evil and stated that MacArthur showed no evidence of remorse and would have continued killing had he not been apprehended. He can, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. MacArthur can apply for parole when he is 91 years old. Oh, well. Oh, God. But he has type 2 diabetes and is overweight. And I'm, oh, I'll bet he is not on Ozempic. I bet he's not. I'll bet they're not. It. I'll yeah. bet they're not. You know, saying Bruce, we're going to put you on Ozempic. I'd love to see him with that thinned out, I mean, like yeah. that quickly thinned out Ozempic face. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I'm very familiar with what it looks like. God. <laughs> Michael, excellent research. Very, very yes. interesting story. Well done. Thank you. Is Happy- there anything else you want to add, Andrew? That may have not been covered. That's all I can think of right now. But it was a very perilous time and very sad for um, for um, every one of his victims. And it yeah. was just a very terrorizing time to be in Toronto and be in the gay community. And um, yeah. So, Michael, I think it might be time to bring out the evilometer. Oh, look at him! He's He's got five computers and three cell phones, and he's got a red 
a Dodge Caravan that he's just parking. Uh, come on, join us, Evil And he's also singing a lovely tune with his beautiful golden voice. Oh. So, Andrew, uh, the Evilometer is a, a machine that we input our evil scores into. Uh, one is the least evil, ten is the most evil. Um, what would you give Bruce MacArthur? Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> okay, oh. we'll take it. We'll input yeah. that. Eleven it's for what he did to Janice. For what he did. That's his biggest crime, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For what he did to, uh, yeah. what, what was the sock company? Yeah. For what he did oh, to, stock for not making crash. his quota, yeah. for, yeah, but, and then the murders Imagine and being the terror like, for the oh, gay community. I saw your ex-husband in the news. Is he the Santa Claus killer? <laughs> I remember there was some rub also in which the son got into a scuffle with some reporters at his trial or something. And I mean, no matter yeah. what he does, that son will never be as fucked up as his dad, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, I think that yeah. maybe eyes Hard are on him, so I'd be like, I wouldn't want to pull any funny business. And the daughter, you know, yeah. poor her, you know, but yes. she's living somewhere and, you know, hopefully yeah. keeping to herself. But 11. 11 for, 11. 11 for Andrew. I'll go next. I'll leave a little room for the genocidal dictators, but I'm giving him a 9.5. Yeah, fair. 9.5. <laughs> oh, Michael's choking on that. He hates that score. He's giving him a one. I'm going to give Mr. M, the divine Mr. M, a 9.6. Nice. Man, I never do a point with mine. So I was going to say nine, but same as you guys, because a 10 for me is strictly like, yeah, fascist dictators who have had hundreds of thousands of maybe even millions killed. I think I yeah, I would like to say 11 like Andrew too just because I guess I'm just saying 11 it's because It's so close to home. I like yeah. the 11 score. Cuz it's close yeah. to home. It's close yeah. to home. Yeah. Yeah. That's bonus. I mean, he didn't yeah. live far from me. He probably messaged me on Grinder before. <gasps> I was not that's not my type. So, it would have the message would have <laughs> gone unanswered, but in real life, sympathetically, empathetically, and emotionally, I would say 11. But because of our, our my weird idea of our scale... I know. I can't escape it. I need I'm to be... I'm saying 9 just because of how I usually rate things on a scale. I I, I'm the but, same. But people who listen know that 9 is super major. All right? Okay. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that it's up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is that now? 36? 30, well, 37 was my 11. Oh, he's, for <laughs> the history 40. of this podcast, he's a really fucking bad dude. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He's an evil dude. I mean, again, not that it's a contest, but pretty pretty pleased with myself. <laughs> I think it's good that you did. Yeah. Andrew, amazing job. Thank you so much you'll, for having me. You'll so join good us to see you, for, boys. For a bonus. And Andrew, uh, is there anything you'd like to mention that you're up to or where people can follow you? Oh, Instagram. Well, I could put him in there. Andrew Bronston. Andrew Johnson, 99 on TikTok. I'm about to start posting a lot on that. Just <laughs> Woo! Yeah, just uh, hit talk it, about man. evil men. Oh, Let's God. all, what were, were we talking about at the beginning? We're all going to go crazy. Let's we're go we're crazy. all going to go crazy. Let's go crazy. There's nothing else to do. We're never going to survive unless we get a little Google crazy. crazy. Oh, I love that song. I love the that seal. So such a seal. shame. Atlantis that covered it. Accident. Right. Well, thanks so much, Thank Andrew. You. And that was another great episode of. This 
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 